0: I have so many patients that sit down in front of me that say, I don't even know if you can help me because I've been everywhere and everyone says everything's normal and it's not. It's very rewarding when those patients come back and you've changed their life.
1: Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body and create the energy to show up for your family without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode. In today's episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show, I have the pleasure of chatting with naturopathic doctors Alex Mayer and Matt Hernandez of Ethos Integrative Medicine. Dr. Alex specializes in women's hormones and medical aesthetics, and Dr. Matt specializes in men's hormones and regenerative orthopedics. In this episode, we talk a lot about the fundamental gaps in conventional medicine and how functional medicine bridges those gaps by leveraging a holistic approach to identifying and addressing the root cause of disease. We talk about the differences between healthspan and longevity, the benefits of hormone replacement therapy for both women and men, as well as the role aesthetics play in helping people feel like the best version of themselves from the outside in. We also talk about the main things that people need to be cognizant of when it comes to improving quality of life, how impactful family history and genetics really are on longevity. We talk about declining testosterone levels in men and what they can do about it and how the foundational pillars of health build and compound on each other to produce better results. Finally, we talk about the first steps that you can take right now if you're ready to hit your maximum potential. So if you're experiencing low energy, having trouble sleeping, don't have the motivation to hit the gym, or generally just feel like crap despite having quote unquote normal labs, then this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show is for you. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Drs. Alex and Matt. Dr. Alex Mayer, Dr. Matt Hernandez, welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show. What's going on guys?
0: Thanks for having us. Hey,
1: thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Absolutely. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. We've been meaning to do this for a while and I'm excited to share your guys' wisdom with our audience. How's the week
0: been so far? It's been good. It's been a really good week. We've kind of gotten into some of the groups we're part of for the practice that are restarting again and lots of socializing. It's been good.
1: Some of the groups like after summer, like people coming back.
0: I think, yeah. Like we're part of a couple, like an entrepreneur group and stuff like that, that's kind of joining back up again. And so Got they it. had their first social thing last night. And just kind of like I think things are getting back into the groove, right? July tends to be a little bit of a crickets kind of month.
2: Yeah. We have, are we, have, we have a lot of patients that that travel out of state and stuff to, you know, go to their vacation homes and stuff, get out of the heat. So mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for some context, you guys are in Scottsdale. Um yeah. and so give us a little bit of background about your business.
0: We have a functional medicine practice. Um and we specialize in helping active individuals maintain feeling their best and being active. Um and we do this through hormones, sports medicine, and aesthetics are our three specialties.
1: What prompted you guys to get into this field?
0: This was kind of always how we started our practice. Like we started our practice individually um, as independent contractors in another location. And Matt's specialty was always sports medicine and male hormones. And my specialty was always female hormones and aesthetics. What we love to do is help patients hit their max potential. And honestly, it's what we love even in our business. Like it's my favorite thing about having employees is helping my employees hit their max potential. And that's my favorite thing about patient care as well we're a very kind of results oriented practice and hormones is a really great field in terms of helping patients long, long long-term wise, like increase their health span and maintain their longevity and those kind of things, but also just helping patients feel better because at the end of the day, right, when you see women, especially, um, but I'm sure with men too, um, that have been everywhere. They've been to other practices and everything is quote unquote normal and they feel like crap. Um, there's always something going on. Um, and so that investigative side and that kind of connecting the dot side has been very, very rewarding um, because we have so many patients, like I have so many patients that sit down in front of me that say, I don't even know if you can help me because I've been everywhere and everyone says everything's normal, and it's not. And it's very rewarding when those patients come back and you've changed their life.
2: I think the the in in school when we were in medical school, the the gap that we saw in medicine primarily was that a, a lot of the healthcare system here in the U.S. is is really built around helping people that are that are sick, right? So like if if you if you go and have if you go and look at your labs or if the doctor goes and looks at your labs if you're saying that you're not feeling good, but the labs don't show that because they're not drastically out of range or abnormal or something like that, then you're usually in the, in the experience we've had with treating patients, they're kind of um, dismissed and saying, said they're just told like nothing's wrong. Or the, you know, the, the, the common excuse is like, Oh, you're just getting older. And so this is normal to feel that way and stuff like that. and, the, the model misses a lot of going in and helping optimize people, right? So how, how do we stop people from getting sick in the first place? How do we help prevent those things? Um, how can we help them feel better even if they if they're if they feel average, right? Like mo- most people walking around, they wouldn't consider themselves sick. But if you go and ask somebody, oh, do you feel tired in the afternoon? Like do you have trouble sleeping? Uh, do do you feel like you should have more energy than you know than you you do right now? Right. And and a lot of them will be like, yeah, you know, I I wish I had the energy from I you know I did like 5 10 years ago and these people could be in their 40s. Mm-hmm. Right. And the there's there's no answer for that in the in the medical in the conventional medical model. And so that was a lot of the gaps that we we saw a lot of gaps similar to that. Um and you know we were kind of uh, we, 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 had a discussion and we're like, okay, well, I think this is what we want to, what we want to help because there's, there's, this is the vast majority of people walking around is they just, they feel okay. Like they're, I mean, they're living, they're doing their thing, but you know, you, when you ask the question, do you think you could feel a little bit better than where you, what you do right now, even though you're not, you know, super sick, they're like, yeah, it, it'd be nice to have that. And so th- yeah. those are the people that, that that we really focus on helping.
0: Yeah. We get a lot of patients with like the, you're just 40 as their diagnosis or you're just 50. Oh, you're as their just diagnosis. getting older.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that's a diagnosis.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I think, <laughs> listen, as you know, like you guys said, you, you know, you're high performers in business. You want to work with high performing individuals that essentially want to figure out how to be high performers in their body. And that's the 100%. way I think about it with our, with our clientele is just being average, just being normal is not good enough. And, and like you said, is it's like with our sick care system, our healthcare system with conventional labs um, and with human physiologies, our body does a remarkably good job of keeping people in homeostasis, right? And so Mm -hmm. you really have to be pretty sick and things have to be pretty out of balance for those red lights to start to go off. You know, how many clients have you worked with where they're like, I'm pre-diabetic, but I'm not yet diabetic. So I'm, I'm still okay. And I'm, I'm air quoting here for anyone listening (laughs) Mm -hmm. here. I'm quite a lot, which in our context of like actually getting to the root cause of these things and and truly being able to help people, I think we could all agree, like just because you're not yet diabetic doesn't mean that things are okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And so what I'm hearing from you guys is you're leveraging sort of this holistic approach to helping people bridge the gap between where they are, where they want to be. Um, through uh, functional medicine practices, which very briefly, could you help us understand just what does that mean?
0: Functional medicine has kind of been, it's, it's, the idea is getting to the root cause. We never use that in our practice because it just doesn't really resonate with us or our patients very well, but I would say it's actually treating what's going on. And so it's better investigation, it's better lab work, Um, and it's kind of the connecting of systems is how I would explain functional medicine. Um, for example, one of the things that we see in women's medicine, right. Is that we silo things. So we go, okay, great. You have a hormonal issue, like a period issue. And so you go see your gynecologist and you have a thyroid issue and you should go see your endocrinologist. And then if it's cortisol issue, good luck. And so um, you have to connect the dots on all these things, right? Like we know that having low progesterone will impact thyroid function and nobody's talking about that. And that's what I think functional medicine is where I think functional medicine gets a little bit of a bad name is that there are um, a lot of practices where we're just throwing a lot of labs at people, right? And so it's this giant lab panel of everything. And that's not really how we practice medicine. Um, Mm -hmm. We practice medicine very tailored to you. Um, we'll explain why we think different labs are necessary, what we think's going on, what the order of operation should be. So that instead of it being like, Oh, come in and do this giant panel that makes no sense. Um, you're going to have a panel that makes sense and is yeah. run on the right time and is run correctly and has validity in your case. Um, but it's really investigation, I think, and like connecting the dots, which is sure. where medicine's just not good.
1: Yeah, 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 and and I appreciate the analogy of like just the specialization of conventional medicine, and I this you know this conversation is not about bagging on conventional medicine, mm-hmm. but what it is no. about no. is is what I'm hearing is is taking this sort of diagnostic and clinical approach to mm-hmm. giving us the information that we need to dig deeper into what body systems we can identify that need support and holistically how to synerg you know synergistically kind of support everything through uh, hormones through, uh, medicine, through supplementation, through nutrition, through physical activity. And then, you know, also through more progressive approaches to, like you said, help people optimize, like, how do we get people feeling better, looking better, um, at ramping up energy and doing the things that they want to do, uh, in their life, because that's for all of us, high performers, you know, that's ideally what we want. Right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we talked, um, I think you mentioned longevity, right? You guys work on helping people feel their best. Right. One of the buzzwords now is anti-aging. We hear longevity. We hear people like Dr. Peter Atia talking a lot about all of these modalities that we should be leveraging to increase our health span, increase our lifespan. Talk to me a, and talk to us a little bit about... What kind of longevity means to you guys when we say the word health span? What does that mean for people? And how much influence do we have over perhaps health span, lifespan, longevity, as the name implies?
0: I will answer your question. I'm going to start with anti aging. Uh, I don't love the term anti aging. And it's funny because I um, am in the world of aesthetics. You would think that it's something that I'd really resonate with. But I feel like with longevity and health span, the main thing is that concept of being able to show up as your best self for as long as possible, right? The, mm. In the ideal world, you would live to whatever age you want. It doesn't really matter what age you pick. Some people don't want to live to 120. Some people want to live to 130, right? But the idea is that no matter what age you pick, you live right up to that age and then you just quickly pass away. And that sounds very morbid, but it's not. In the majority of cases now, patients have this long decline. And that's right. where we're struggling, like our family's struggling to take care of us, and we're struggling with quality of life. And it's not the way that people want to live. And so, health span really is about narrowing the gap at the end. And I think it starts way earlier than people think it does, right? So, it starts in your 30s and your 40s when maybe you have an injury and you can no longer go out and do the thing that you like to do. So let's say you love to play pickleball, right? And that's your thing. That's your form of exercise. You get an injury. You can no longer do that. And so then next thing you know, you're down this rep, this road of like being a bit more sedentary. You haven't found that thing to pick it up yet. Um, getting your hormones in check at that time, making sure that we're paying attention to things like family history. And mitigating some of those things early, right? Because Mm -hmm. we can see warning signs in the past. And so I think that the longevity conversation, you can do a lot to impact your longevity. Um, Hormones really play a huge role in that. And we see this in women, especially in the menopausal years, right? Like women have a vastly different risk factor with different health conditions um, prior to menopause. And then the minute their hormones go in the tank, their risk factors go up like crazy. And so we can really impact those things by doing proper hormone replacement and starting it at the proper time. So that's what, that's what longevity means to me.
2: Yeah, and, and uh, I, I agree with all those things. And instead of repeating what she said, I'll go and give two examples of like two of my own family members that kind of compare and contrast the two, right? So um, I, I have my... Uh, an aunt who she just turned 94 this year. Um, So she turned 94, still mobile, doesn't live dependently, but that's more because her kids choose that she has the ability to live, live dependently. Like she, she, she gets up every morning, walks to her kitchen, cooks her own food. She can dance if, you know, if, if, if a good song comes on that she enjoys, like uh, she, she's, she's, she's mobile. She can take care of herself. Doesn't like, doesn't need help going to the bathroom, going like, and, you know, jumping in and out of the, of the, the shower, all that stuff, like very mobile, uh, mentally very sharp, like no cognitive decline at all. You know, she remembers everyone's name. She'll remember things from when, like when I was a kid, um, every time I call her, she'll ask how Alex is doing. And she, you know, she's, she's only interacted with Alex like four or five times. Um, like, I mean, just extremely sharp. I mean, like, you know, ev- ev- everything that you would want at, you know, as a 94 year old, you know, and I, I don't want to think about her passing away, but real statistically at this point, if she were to pass away, it's going to be a pretty rapid decline or when she does pass away, it'll be a pretty rapid decline versus a gradual thing right. where she's experienced like dementia and all this other stuff. Right. Yep. So that's, that's what health, improving health span looks like. And you compare that to like my grandfather, um, my grandfather active, but had type two diabetes, had heart disease, uh, I'm from Texas. So we, we have a, like a, a ranch, uh, back at home. And so my grandpa had a ranch would work on the ranch every day, like very hardworking, very active and all that stuff. And took a lot of pride in being able to. Uh, work around the ranch and build stuff and, you know, do all these things. Um, but because he didn't take care of the, the diabetes, the blood pressure, like all the heart disease, stuff like that, eventually he had a stroke. And he had a stroke, I think when he was like 74, if I remember correctly on, on his age. So recovered from it shortly after that had a second stroke. And then that one left him bedridden where, um, he was he like my my grandparents had to have a caregiver come in my my uncles and my dad and myself would have to go take care of him from time to time yeah couldn't couldn't go to the bathroom like had to use a bedpan all that stuff and he stayed that way for three years until he passed right and and so those those two stories like of my own family members are drastically different and I think if you were to ask anybody hey which one would you choose they're gonna go with you know what my aunt right and so that's looking at the importance of longevity and, and, and health span. that that's, that's the difference of what you get, uh, you know, as you get older and, and it starts, it starts, you know, early in thirties, forties. And if you, if you didn't, you know, do well in your thirties and forties, that's fine. You know, you could be 50, 60, 70 and still make a, a drastic impact on that. Um, yeah. but ultimately that's, that's kind of what you're, what you're going for is being able to stay active and mentally sharp and all that stuff for as long as possible.
1: Yeah, most definitely. And I think it's becoming much more acknowledged now is like, listen, just because people are potentially living longer, the quality of life is significantly lower than Mm -hmm. it's been for, you know, generations prior. It's like, like, okay, just because you live to 90, like you could have been sick since you're 70. And like, Progressively more and more immobile, and you know more medicated and more demented. And you know we listen if if anyone's listening, like we all can resonate with this. We have parents and grandparents who are experiencing this, have experienced this, um, and so I think we can clearly envision the differences between someone who lives a long, healthy life, even if it's mm-hmm. a shorter life, but a, a healthier, higher quality life. And I think that's what we all want, and what I appreciate. You guys bringing to the table is is that this starts now. This starts in mm-hmm. our 30s and 40s, and I think that's most of our audience listening here. Is, is this is far beyond just "quote unquote" optimizing things for the sake of of looking good, right? This is yeah. it's like listen. It's one thing if it's you know injectables and and skincare and just you know on the outside looking good, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also about our daily behaviors. Um, and lifestyle practices that are contributing to our ability to live a long and healthy life. And it sounds like you guys have um, a nice sort of mix of services to be able to support people with these needs. Obviously, you know, uh, Dr. Alex, from a female hormone standpoint, from a female skincare standpoint, Mm -hmm. Matt, from a, a male hormone standpoint, from a joint uh, care standpoint from a sport mm-hmm. performance standpoint is is perhaps some of those modalities are opportunities for people to feel better look better as well as take the the necessary steps to also improve all those other areas of their life is that a fair maybe comment
2: yeah absolutely I I, I think at the end of the day when uh when we go back to like you know the the definition of health span and and looking at keeping people active, mentally sharp, healthy, all that stuff. Our our role in this is is really just going and uh providing therapies that stack the odds in our patient's favor of being able to do that. Right. And so we, you know, we kind of look at what what are what are the things imp- that are important to consider in, in this uh to improve that health span and to Im- increase longevity. And how do we stack, how do we stack the odds in in our patient's favor?
0: I think that when you tie in like the aesthetic side, it's really about just showing up as the best version of Mm. yourself. Right. And I always say to my patients, showing up as the best version of yourself goes past, um, how you look in your jeans, right. And into kind of how you actually show up as a person. And so a lot of aesthetics, I think, especially here in Scoutsdale, there's a lot of, um, Scottsdale Barbie wandering around. Right. right? Right. And so, uh, we are not super Scottsdale Barbie at our practice. Um, we are more, how do you show up as the most confident, best version of yourself? Right. So like if you're an entrepreneur and you're going to get up on stage and do a talk, how do you feel the best that you could feel? And part of that is an inside out vitality Right. And then part of that's just sometimes there's things that people have that really impact them. Like hair loss is one in women. It really impacts them. Right. If your hair is thinning and, and there's very little things that you can do about it. So treating something like that will impact everything. And I think that that is the coolest part of our job is that the same thing as we said about longevity, like it starts early. Um, the things that you do matter to the people around you too. And so it flows outwards in families, right? Like it starts with one person and then it flows down to the kids and it flows outward to the parents. Um, And I think that in moms, right? Showing up as a really confident version of yourself gives your kids, especially if you have daughters, right, a really important message. And so it goes beyond kind of that, fake plastic perfect and to just what is the best version of you in every single way.
2: Yeah, I
1: can appreciate that. Absolutely. You know, you said from an inside out, but I also think from an outside in, it's like, hey, if you feel confident on the outside, Mm -hmm. maybe that's the impetus for you to take the steps to really start to improve that that internal health.
2: Correct. And so it's
1: giving people the opportunity to do that. And, you know, Matt, from your standpoint, maybe it's like, hey, like I want to do the things, but you know, my knees, my shoulders, my back. And it's like, Hey, if we can remedy some of these joint, you know, some of the joint inflammation, some of those complications to get you moving more consistently, then that's going to contribute to, you know, you making those, those improvements. Right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I'm sure you've seen this in your patients too, that have been very athletic in the past. It becomes a lot of their identity, right? And so that's like where their social circle is. That's what they do. And then when they lose that ability to be active, it really is a hard blow, Mm -hmm. right? Like a lot of people have heard of the stories of people who are like professional athletes that get injured and this, the progression that they go through. But I think it's similar for somebody that's a super active individual and that's their entire community, right? So being able to get back, get them back to that Mm. changes a lot of things for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because their identity's tied in in that, and and similarly, yeah. it's like, hey, you know, if you are not someone that is currently, you know, let's say you're in your 40s or 50s right now, and you are going down the road of, uh, you know, what we talk about, it's like with conventional blood work, like the norms are based on Homer Simpson, essentially, right? right, right? Exactly. Like, so if yeah. you're going down the road of Homer Simpson norms, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and your identity's tied to couch potato lifestyle. It's like, well, how do I start to change my identity? And what steps am I taking? To you know, flip the script here. How do I start to become more physically active? How do I kind of fall in love with the process of eating healthier and surrounding myself with people that are actually going to lift me up instead of drag me down? And how do I start to think more positively? So, and all of those things. So for you guys, when we talk about longevity and health span, how do you work with clients? And I guess what would you say are like the big needle movers in terms of. Uh, and listen, I, I realize there's a lot. but what are kind yeah. of the main things that you think about um that you think people need to be cognizant of when it comes to improving our quality of life that you know, and ultimately our longevity?
2: The framework that we kind of that we use at at our practice um centers around uh, six six variables. and then from there, they kind of all break down even further. but, well, uh, we can go over the the six variables. So well, the very first one is uh, when we're looking at ways to stack the odds in your favor, for lack of a better term, in this case, uh, family history, right? So like genetically, what are you predisposed to? So like me being Hispanic, like I'm, I, I have a genetic predisposition to develop type two diabetes very easily, right? I, I, that can, if I don't pay attention to that, that can get away from me very quickly, faster than say, Alex and like right. in Alex's case, who, who doesn't have a, a big family history of that. Um, so lo- looking at that piece, and so the the four things we're interested in here are going to be cardiovascular health, type two diabetes, Alzheimer's, dementia, cancer, those are kind of the big four that that we need to pay attention to from that perspective. After we you know, check off family history and and we've evaluated that. Now we're starting to look at uh, the three foundations, which is what what everyone kind of knows, which is uh, exercise, nutrition, and then sleep slash energy. Real so, quick, can
1: I, can I jump back? I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, please. just with respect to family history, because I think um, mm-hmm. that people use their quote unquote genetics as a crutch sometimes. Yeah perhaps no. as an excuse. And, you know, there's that saying that genetics loads the gun and lifestyle pulls the trigger, right? Correct. Uh-huh. And so what do you guys see? Um, and how do you kind of recommend that people look at, at family history of how impactful is it really in your opinion?
2: So I, I think it definitely increases your risk overall. So you uh, what what that turns into is is more uh, careful monitoring of of those risks, uh, and then doing things to kind of be pro being more proactive about you know, stopping that from, from coming up in the first place.
0: I think it also depends, right? Because if we're thinking about like type two diabetes, that's very much lifestyle driven, right? Versus if we're looking at something like Alzheimer's and dementia, um, sure it might be. Um, but we don't have all the answers on that yet. Right. right? So we have to go with what we think is going to be the most impactful. And so, um, currently that's looking like estrogen, um, mm-hmm. replacement, right. Especially in women who have a higher rate of Alzheimer's and dementia than men do. And so we want to tie this into some of our conversation. So in my HRT conversation that I have with patients, which is a risk benefit ratio, right. And we're going over things like the women's health initiative, which wasn't really that great and has kind of slowed women's progress for a lot of years, breast cancer risk, all those things. But I'm throwing right. in that piece of Alzheimer's and dementia, especially if you have a family history, right. Because there are certain things that we really wanna get ahead of because if we get behind the eight ball on some things, the reversal is tough or not existent. And so mm, that's yeah. where I see family history play a big role. It's, it's a big conversation between like type two diabetes and insulin resistance and obesity and those kind of things versus Alzheimer's and dementia, which for me is just a different beast.
1: Hey friends! Quick pause in this episode for an exciting announcement. I'm thrilled to let you know that we've officially partnered with Fullscript to create our own very high-end quality supplement store. Fullscript is the number one online dispensary for professional grade supplements. And while we do have our own small retail shop for our complete essentials training formula, we're often asked for recommendations when it comes to products outside of those that we carry. Now, as you probably have realized, the internet is the Wild West when it comes to supplements, and it's tough to find many of the best products from a reliable source and at an affordable price. I've heard many stories of people ordering something off Amazon and receive something completely different in the bottle, which can actually be quite dangerous when it comes to nutritional supplements. And so in the BSL Nutrition full script dispensary, we've hand-selected a few dozen of our personal favorites and we've broken them into easily searchable categories, including Ben's favorites. Now, the best part of this situation is that due to the buying power of groups, we're able to get you a 15% off retail pricing on the entire catalog of professional products in our shop. These are brands like Designs for Health, Biotics Research, Biobotanical Research, Microbiome Labs, Seeking Health, and more. So just click on the Join BSL Nutrition Supplement Shop in the show notes to create your free account and place your first order. Orders over $50 receive free shipping on top of our 15% discount on everything. And just so you know, the criteria we use to determine what went into the shop is, is the product something we would recommend and or take ourselves and give to our kids? is the product of the highest quality and can we provide a lower cost than is available anywhere else on the web now we sincerely hope this helps you save money and acquire the highest quality products for you and your family and let's get back to the show so a good jumping off point and something that could also seemingly be a good motivator for someone to acknowledge it's like hey this is present doesn't necessarily mean Mm-hmm. Anything other than we need to be cognizant of it, and yes. if it's something that you care about, obviously that would be a good opportunity to let's just pay attention.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah.
1: So then you said nutrition, exercise. What else?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, sleep and energy. So the yeah. so the those are kind of like our our next our next three that we pay attention to. And so from the nutrition aspect, there's is there any food sensitivities that that the patient has? how does their body best utilize fuel? Right. And this is more in, in, in your, you know, in, in your realm at this point, does their body process carbs? Well, does it process fats? Well, do they, does they, do they have trouble breaking down protein? Uh, do they have digestive issues that's oh, causing really. them from not being able to absorb nutrients? Um, that, those are a lot of the things that we're looking in there. What's the quality of food that they're eating, the quantity that they're eating, um, under eating, overeating, those types of things. Those are the pieces that we're looking at. And then if we really wanted to dive into it, like, let's go back to the type two diabetes patient um, or the person that's at risk for it. Okay. Genetically you are predisposed to this. Let's use like a continuous glucose monitor for a month Mm. and see how well you do with that. And, and we, and then we can actually gauge what your risk is based on your lifestyle.
1: No, I I apologize if I missed it, but did did you say in someone who's at risk of type two diabetes or already type two diabetic or you you clearly like they've got some blood sugar instability, you're a bit concerned, in which case the CGM would probably make sense.
2: Yeah. So you, you can use it in, in, in all of those, right? Mm-hmm. So, so with, with someone who has type two diabetes, it's going to give them good information on what food and how they react to different yeah, foods. Definitely. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you wanted to be proactive, so like m- me myself, right. Where, where I'm, I'm at risk for developing it. Um, although I, I do a good job from a nutrition standpoint and maintaining it, I could always go and check to see, okay, let's say around the holidays wh- where everyone falls off, I haven't been super great, right? So how much more did I put myself at risk compared to when I'm actually paying attention to what I'm eating? And, and a CGM can can give you that information if you do it at two separate times.
0: I also think that in people who want really tailored advice, right? A, a CGM can just be helpful for help, for getting them that, right? So that they can start to have this conversation of like their body really does well if they do this and they really does poorly if they do this. Like I have a patient right now who's on a CGM. She does have um some glucose issues, even though she's doing all the right things. And so she had to learn like if she makes her child pasta, right? She makes it with protein now. She eats her protein first and then she has a little bit and she finds that her blood sugar doesn't spike. Right. But like rice, she completely cut out of her diet because even if she has a little tiny bit of rice, her blood her blood glucose spikes like crazy. And so I think that even in patients where they might, it might not be pertinent for health history and those kind of things. It can be really helpful for somebody that wants to be optimized. A lot of patients have a lot of very, and you'll, you know, this very, um, strict views around certain things when it comes to nutrition. Right. And so it can be helpful for kind of helping alleviate some of those views if they might not be correct. Now, when we say we're, we're looking at nutrition, Um, a lot of the time we're guiding patients in yeah. terms of getting them to somebody who's really good because I think nutrition is so nuanced. Um, And there is so much bad advice out there on nutrition that you really want somebody that like that's their focus. Um, mm-hmm. And our patients that get the best results, we are working with particularly macro tracking is where we tend to send to, but we're working with that kind of, Piece like you do to help patients go in the right direction because at the end of the day, you want somebody that's really focused on that piece. So we'll kind of guide them. We're looking at it. We're helping them to determine maybe who's the next step. Those kind of pieces, but it's not really our main focus in our office in terms of what we're doing in our visits and our
1: right, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. And, we're, and we're- I, obviously, it's a, it's a big piece when it comes to this longevity discussion and. One of the things I appreciate about what you said, especially with reference to the CGM, um, is I think we can all agree is like um, giving and empowering, I should say, empowering our clientele to take ownership over their behaviors
0: yeah, 100%, right? yeah it's
1: like listen that's then perhaps that's the biggest differentiator that ultimately like we're talking about here between mm-hmm. a diagnostic medicine of like here's your pill like your type 2 diabetic here's your metformin like there you go you know good luck to okay like here's your cgm like you need to start to pay attention to the food you're consuming focus on protein move your body consistently after meals and really just starting to pay attention and so helping our clients develop more awareness. And, and that's one of the things, you know, we, we wholeheartedly, uh, one of the many things that we wholeheartedly agree on is in terms of the client taking ownership over these behaviors of whether they're tracking their calories and tracking their macros, whether they're just writing down their foods or taking picture, whether they're measuring things out, whether they're just tracking blood glucose and, and, and paying attention to the things that fire them up. Um, I think we can all agree that it really does come down to the client being proactive, not dissimilar to perhaps how we would do in business is, you know, we have variables that we're paying attention to in our mm-hmm. business yep. metrics and our KPIs, mm-hmm. right? In our budget. And we're leveraging that, you know, those variables to make informed decisions. And, and I think that's uh, the level of autonomy that that clients need to possess in order to quote unquote optimize. Like you're not going to do it for them, Right. Right.
0: No. And that is the really where I think our version of medicine does really great work is when you have somebody that is uh, motivated to take control. And that's why I think there are a lot of places that do kind of like program stuff and they're always putting people through the same program, but it doesn't mm-hmm. for us. I mean, it's really about the the patient taking control and us guiding them there right so we're strategizing to say hey if we were creating a roadmap this is what we think the roadmap would look like in terms of your health what you have going on where you want to get to this is the strategy to go down the road but you we're not doing it right i don't live with that person i don't kick their meals i don't move their body i don't even take their medicine and so it's one of those things right that i think that buy-in is really important um it's one of the things Peter Atia talks about in like his medicine 3.0 that I love was his analogy of the way that medicine moved. Um, because we're definitely moving away from this society of medicine where like, doctor is God and you just listen exactly what doctor says. And we're going towards this, hey, we're here to guide you. Right. You got to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's such a big paradigm shift. Of, it is. You know, like it my is. parents are that exact the mentality of like, do what the doctor says if, if someone is a doctor they are automatically put on a pedestal um to the degree that like yeah, well we won't go there anyway <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah okay uh, i'll let you finish your six pillars so mm-hmm. we talked family history
2: nutrition exercise sleep and then the 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 final two are hormones and then what we call optimization is is number 6 so uh, optimization has to do more with like cellular medicine where you're looking at like mitochondrial health mm-hmm. and you're looking at um different you know different signalings outside of uh, outside of peptides to to help improve longevity and everything um and so the those are those are the the all six of them
0: and we would almost put that like a pyramid and yeah. i think sometimes mm-hmm. people put their pyramid upside down and what they want is they want optimization right so they're on instagram and they're listening to this person and this person's saying they need nad and this person's like no it's nmn and then this right. person is saying they need cold plunges and whatever but they've never got their hormones checked none of that's imbalanced and they don't sleep they don't exercise and they don't eat nutritious food
2: yeah cold you're plunge. not gonna cold go plunges anywhere, gonna cold plunges, anywhere. Uh, yeah that's
0: right and so i think that's the biggest thing is um we are big about like being advanced in medicine and we've seen some really fantastic things um with that, right? But I think that if you're gonna come in and do peptides, you need to have your hormones optimized first. You need to know that things are functioning in the right direction. And then even before you get well, maybe before or during, um, you need to get your nutrition optimized and you need to be sleeping and you need to be doing those things. And I think a lot of people have their pyramid upside down.
2: Yeah. The w- the conversation we tend to have with with our patients is, look, hormones, hormones will, and peptides and you know any of the other stuff that that we do, it'll help you and 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 it will improve. But what it does is it it compounds what your lifestyle does for you already, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to sit on the couch all the time, if you're not going to eat, uh, you know, be conscious of what you're eating and just eat fried food all the time, no amount of hormone therapy or peptides is going to help you. Hopefully move mm-hmm. to the next level. Right. Yeah. And so you, you, you need to, you need to do that. But, but again, the, the guidance that or you know, the, our, our goal, when we're looking at the foundational stuff of energy, sleep, exercise, and nutrition is, is more guidance to say, okay, yeah, the, this is something that you can improve on, or this is pretty well dialed in. And then if if it needs to be improved on, then we connect them with someone that, you know, helps with that. Right. I think so,
0: balancing act between the two is really important because yeah. we've seen a lot of patients, like one of my best patients that I've ever had. I love her. Um, she came in and she was terrified to come to me because she had seen another naturopathic physician and she was kind of told, well, turn off your Wi-Fi at night and don't get right. any EMFs and right. take all of these things out of your diet. And she wasn't given anything else. And she sat down in front of me. I said, okay, well, great. We're going to look at your hormones first, and then we'll kind of dial it in. And she does all of the things that I tell her to do. And she's a great patient. And she now exercises four or five days a week. And she's working on the nutrition piece, but we had to go in a way that felt like she could do it. And I think that there's so much um, either very drastic lifestyle things that don't match what the patient needs. And then there isn't enough hormones or there's just the hormones and not the lifestyle. And the analogy that I use with my patients, I use this a lot in weight, is that the analogy of a path. And so I tell patients we're walking down a path, right? And so if we are walking down the path of weight loss, for example, it's the pillars of lifestyle that move us that direction. So it's what we put in our bodies, how much we exercise and do we sleep are moving us forward. What hormones are doing, is basically if we walk down a path and we come to this dead wall, which if your hormones are not act not optimized, you will. Um, hormones are going to help us scale that wall, and so mm-hmm. could we move forward with diet, exercise, and sleep, a hundred percent, right? But scaling that wall is going to be a lot harder versus mm-hmm. if then we optimize hormones and we add in some peptides and we do those things, we'll be able to scale that wall quicker. But if you aren't doing the other things, you're never moving forward, so it doesn't matter anyway.
1: I can appreciate that a lot uh, because I think that there's definitely some stigma, especially for men around hormone optimization. And Mm -hmm. it's sort of like, yeah, you get the dichotomy, right? Where it's like you get the practitioners who are like, you have no business being on hormones until you improve all of these fundamental principles in your life, Mm -hmm. right? And you get the other guys that are like, you're not going to be able to address those until you absolutely, or maybe you don't even worry about those. All you need to do is just, um, you know, testosterone <laughs> yeah. replacement right yeah. or peptides or both or whatever with mm-hmm. all the yeah. hormone clinics popping up and mm-hmm. that's where gosh you know what's what's so challenging perhaps or uh, difficult is the fact that people want these definitive answers you know mm-hmm. of tell us what to do right and yeah. we
0: can and that magic pill
1: And the magic pill is like, should I do peptides? Should I do testosterone? Mm -hmm. Just help me make the decision. We Mm -hmm. can't. It's like, we have to inform you so that you can make the best decision possible for you. But if you're not doing the things to create more awareness in your life around your daily behaviors and your nutrition intake and your sleep and your exercise output, Mm -hmm. and you've got no business talking about optimizing anything, like you need to improve your your lifestyle behaviors. 100%.
0: I think these things happen together though. Uh, In a lot of cases, I think they happen together, right? Like the the example they used of a a man, if you have super low testosterone, that motivation to get to the gym and your ability to actually work out is poor, right? So it's really frustrating for patients when they do start to do something. And granted, it's never for a long enough period of time. So I'm gonna start by saying Uh that it's never for a long enough period of time, but it is frustrating when you're like, I can't. I can't go to the gym because I am exhausted, and if I go to the gym, then the rest of the day I can't function, and so it doesn't work, right? And that's where I think the balancing act is really important um, in getting patients kind of the best results. Uh,
2: and and even another example would be like with sleep, right? So like in and I can't speak for women because I don't do women's hormones. So she uh, Alex can speak up, but like with men, you know, when, when I work with men, uh, you'll you'll get guys that come in. And they're like, yeah, I fall asleep super easily, but I can't stay asleep. Or the second my head hits the pillow, like I get all this energy because my mind's racing right. um, or I wake up and I don't feel rested, right? And so any combination of those and it's okay, understand that. So they're like, how, how am I expected to improve my sleep if I can't get it? It's like, okay, yeah, I, I that's fair. I understand that. Uh, you likely have like you know, what what I've seen with patients is if there's a cortisol problem where they're spiking cortisol at night or if the guy has low testosterone, then that's going to impact his ability to sleep. Right. And so if if we come in with hormone therapy first and we go in, um, help them balance those two hormones again, they're sleeping better. And then from there, it's it starts to snowball. Right. They're like, OK, I sleep better. Now, when I wake up, I feel like going to the gym. And so I'll go, go work out. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm feeling great in the gym. I'll start paying attention to how I eat more. And so it, and then everything just snowballs and compounds uh, on itself. But, but some, sometimes you need to stop fighting the uphill battle. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and that, that, that's what hormones and peptides, all those things allow us to do is, is to really help start that off.
1: Do you guys subscribe to the belief that, Basically, our modern day world is just putting us in a position where we essentially are going to need some level of exogenous support. It's like how how likely is it, right? How likely is it that, like, because no one's gonna live that lifestyle, like living off the land and not right, being right. in front of Wi Fi, and you know, like yeah. all of the things that quote unquote you're not supposed, you, you know, you're you're supposed to do and avoiding processed food and drinking clean water and and Mm -hmm. clean air and, and cold plunges. Uh, but like, like, so how likely is it that people truly can feel their best without acknowledging that perhaps at this point in our evolution, like we might just need to rely on our progressive approaches to medicine.
0: I think there's a lot of truth in that, right? I think we see this more in the research on men than we do in women. And I think that's just because the women, women's hormones are so complicated. It's too hard to do research. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, We complicate (laughs) things. It's what we do. Right. Uh, But men, we see that the testosterone levels, even in their thirties, like men in their thirties now have testosterone levels that would have been of men in their like seventies or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally only a couple decades ago. And so we're seeing the decline in sperm count. We're seeing decline in testosterone. We're seeing decline in all of these things. And so yeah, I do. And and we can extrapolate that to women, which I actually hate um because I don't think that women are just little men, but we're just the research is just a bit more complicated. So I think it's extrapolating it to women. We would see probably very similar things, right?
2: I, I think the the majority of people will um benefit from taking it i do think that there's a small subset of the population that won't need to do anything at all Mm because that, like genetically they're going to be really good off off the bat Mm -hmm. yeah like i i have a i have a 82 year old patient that has a testosterone of like 950 naturally Mm -hmm. uh which is
0: good for him which
2: is crazy yeah. i mean yeah. like that that's what i expect for like a 20 30 year old and he he does that he does that naturally right so in 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 individuals like him it won't be the case but the vast majority of people uh, yeah i think they would benefit from it and to alex's point um there there's a there's a phenomenal book called uh countdown And I don't remember the author's name, but she's an epidemiologist. And she went and did research on testosterone levels and sperm count in men and fertility. And um, what that research showed was there's a drastic decline around the world, right? So it's not just the, the United States where we have a reputation for like not eating well, like the average person, stuff like that, and like not being healthy overall. This is like around the world there's a drastic decline in all that. And uh, her hypothesis of or her theory on why that is has to do with um, a, a lot of factors that are very hard for us to control the air we breathe, the water that we drink, uh, pesticide use, a number of things like that. And so there's things you can do to, to yeah, go in, you know, like different like types of water filters and, uh, you know, air purifiers in the home, stuff like that. Yes. Like those will help it, but ultimately yeah i I think that at the end of the day uh, most people are going to benefit from from having the treatment uh or or going and using exogenous hormones and different things like that to help Mm -hmm.
1: them it's called uh it's by shanna swan
2: yeah that Mm -hmm. that sounds yeah
1: how our modern world is threatening sperm counts altering male and female reproductive development and Mm -hmm. uh, imperiling the future of the human race and i've had a number of um men and women, uh, physicians, uh, on the show over the years talking about men and declining testosterone and sperm production, and essentially the estro over estrogenation, if you will, for lack of a, yeah. be, not a word, but whatever it is estrogen of, mimickers, of like, yeah, yeah <laughs> of our society, um, through all of the, our environmental, uh, toxins and, and, and everything like that. So, yeah, I think it's relevant that we actually, we we need to be cognizant of this. And uh, people at the end of the day, like, listen, need to be really, really proactive. And for, for your guys' approach, it's like, hey, like, there's obviously a lot of things that we can do. We take this multifaceted um, approach to health and well-being and longevity just helping people look and feel their best is ultimately what we're looking for. And um, so what would you say so that we can wrap things up here and I want to respect your guys time, but like, what's the first step for people if we're, if, if they're listening to this and they're like, yeah, I want to like, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed with all of the things I know I need to change my nutrition. I know I need to start moving more. I feel like I, I'm not, I, my energy's terrible. I'm not sleeping well and I'm ready to make change. I just don't know what the first step is. Like, what would you guys suggest?
0: My first step would be to um, get a win. And so this usually looks like doing something that's going to give you a result where you can start to feel better so that you can go and do the other things. And oftentimes that is uh, getting a good hormone panel run. We actually do have a resource that uh, patients can grab from us for women and men, why your labs are quote unquote normal and you still feel like crap. Mm. Um, and it's just talking about how to properly run like hormones and labs and why maybe people are getting, not getting the help that they need. Um, and that would be my first step is optimizing hormones.
1: So we'll drop that in the show notes, that Mm -hmm. resource. So guys make sure if that uh, well check that out. If you, if you're curious as to, um, what could be going on with your hormones and you want clarity before you go and get your panels run,
2: mm-hmm. uh, what else, anything else, Matt? I think what Alex said is really accurate. What, what's a, what's a win that you can get off the bat, right? When we have a patient sitting in front of us, that's the thing that we're trying to solve for them is okay. We want to improve a number of things, yes, and ideally it would all happen at once. But we need that catalyst. So mm-hmm. if we, if you know, like we, we ask the question, okay, if we were thirty days from now when we sit down again, what is it that you would like to have seen changed? Like, what's one win that we that we can go and look at and. Everyone gives a different answer, right? Like some people say, if I could just sleep better, some people are like, if I, if I could move without this knee pain, if I could, whatever it is, what what that looks like, that's what we focus on, right? And so knowing what that is for you will then give you direction to go and start figuring out, okay, what's the next step after that? And so mm. but, but knowing, prioritizing what a win is for you in that case is, is going to be really important.
0: And then I just want to paint the picture for patients because sometimes patients saying I've done this, right? I've done this before. Mm-hmm. So um, the way that I would look at this is A, if you've never had, if you are female and you are cycling and you have never had a doctor say, run your labs on this specific day, then they haven't been run, right? So that's a good cue. And then two, if you haven't had a doctor go through line by line on your labs and say like, hey, this looks good, this is about where I'd like this to be, or optimal for this is this to this, this is what we're looking at, then you haven't had somebody really go through your labs. A lot of medicine is kind of like scanning the right side to see what's out of reference range flagged by the lab. But like you said, that's based on Homer Simpson, right? And so we want better than that. And so that would be my... Suggestion to patients is just to kind of sit down and think, have I had this done before? Um, because most patients will say I've gotten good labs run, but they haven't been interpreted the right way or they haven't even been run. Right. So,
1: well, where can people find out more about you guys?
0: Our website is ethoscottsdale, with two S's in the middle, dot com. Um, and But we also have a lot of good information on YouTube um, on a variety of different things. So my YouTube is Dr. Alex Mayer. Um, we also have the Ethos Scottsdale YouTube. Um, and that's a really good place to look and just dive into some individual topics if you have questions on that. Yeah. And then we're also on that's LinkedIn. Like-
1: Perfect. Yeah. So we'll have, uh, we'll have all of those resources, obviously per usual down in the show notes guys. So you can, um, check out Dr. Matt and Dr. Alex's links, find out more about them. Come into Scottsdale, come have a sit down with me. We'll get a workout in, we'll talk shop about nutrition supplementation. Uh, we'll go over, we'll go see Dr. Matt and Dr. Alex. We'll get some blood work run and we'll work together to figure out the best approach to optimizing your health. Obviously, um, they are a wealth of knowledge. And, and listen, guys, I appreciate you so much. Uh, your belief system around health and well-being, the way that you support your clients, it's directly in line with what we believe in terms of helping change the belief system around what it means to be healthy. Uh, because your health and longevity, it starts right now. And it starts with your daily decisions, your thought processes, the people that you're surrounding yourself with, And the actions that you're taking on a daily basis. Um, And so obviously, you know, we have a wealth of information here between Dr. Matt and Dr. Alex, as well as all of our 200 and some podcast episodes, our Smart Nutrition Made Simple Facebook group, um, our YouTube channel, you name it. And so just let us know how we can support you. If you're interested in having a conversation about your nutrition, about your fitness, um, and about your weight loss journey, feel free to just reach out to me personally and we can have a conversation to see how we can support you. Otherwise, thank you for taking the time to tune in. Dr. Matt, Dr. Alex, pleasure. We'll have you on again to talk a little more granularly about hormones a little bit more. I wanna talk about GLP-1 agonists. I wanna talk about peptides. I wanna talk about awesome. joint Absolutely. health and PRP. Man, we we could go on for a while. So we'll, we'll definitely do this again.
0: Awesome, we look forward to it. Thanks yeah. for having us on.
1: Thank you so much for having us. Take care, guys. Talk soon. Thank you so much for listening, and if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you in your nutrition journey for free. 1. Grab a free copy of my Fat Loss Fix Guide at fatlossfixguide.com 2. Join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com 3. Subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com Four, leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple.